Are you ready? They think you can tell us what to do. You think you can tell us what to wear. You think that you're better. Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down. Welcome to episode 21 of the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. My guest this week, a man who will put baby in the corner, is Chris Rawlins. Hello, mate. Hello, buddy. It's good to be here again. Um, yeah, just waiting, impending arrival of my baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to rival my heart alongside Cam Newton. So, yeah, that, that's been my, uh, if you say what's been your last couple of weeks, that's been my last couple of weeks is when is it going to happen? So, not yet. Let's keep this pod nice and snappy so that <laughs> if B does go into labour, I don't have to make the choice between you... football and... Yeah, um... can you imagine just halfway through? Chris? Uh, uh, gotta go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's good luck that... Not good luck. It's it's good that, that I'm on the pod because if it had been one of Ed's, um, it probably would have lasted the whole labour. So... <laughs> <laughs> nice well your your partner in crime uh the other half of the ballings duo is currently out in the states actually watching some football um he is could... feet on the ground scouts on the ground um yeah i feel a bit feel a bit uh naked without um without the you know the captain of the team really the the leader of the team if i if i admit but you know while the while the cat's away then mice can play and uh, you know if anyone wants to make any trade offers i'd say now's an opportune moment <laughs> while there's a time difference um, yeah take advantage already, of baker being asleep exactly you've already seen my first master stroke of me having the reins of the team you know adding josh reynolds on waivers <laughs> love that great move exactly so we're already rolling but um but but yeah no it's um bake's having a a, a great uh trip so far he was out at so far wasn't he so stadium yeah. looked incredible um yeah, it's yeah, a good good game as well, game. I think. We'll we'll talk about it shortly, yeah. actually. All, all good, yeah. All right. Norm, normal format for us. Uh, things you love to see, the hope that kills you, and a little uh, review of the week's matchups. No special features this week. Uh, no audience questions. Very disappointed and let down by our vast audience. But um, you and I can uh, come up with plenty of content. So should we get into it? Let's get into it. And And we did say, didn't we, before, you know, um preparation isn't everything absolutely not right so it wouldn't be the breakaway fantasy football podcast this season without me mentioning the 49ers so i'm going to mention first up in things i love to see was the 49ers and particularly our mate jeff kettle um putting up <laughs> three touchdowns on three catches <laughs> which is pretty blooming efficient um so yeah he, he obviously had his best game of the season um, I was I was just kind of looking at him because he, he's been quiet this season and I, and I felt like he was quiet last season. Um, but he's very quietly over the course of his career so far in seasons where he's actually played 14 games. He's been tight end three, tight end two, tight end four, tight end three, and he's currently tight end six. So I think, you know, we all think Kittle's good. He's he's not healthy level in terms of production, but mm. clearly when, when he's getting enough targets. He's very, very efficient. And, um, you know, he's, he's an awesome player. I did really enjoy his T-shirt this week, which uh, I know the Cowboys fans and Cowboys players have got really uppity about, which, um, again, things I love to see, mate. Exactly. And I think, like, he's one of the few tight ends who can have a game like that. I mean, especially this year, the, the, the landscape's been, like, more barren than, than ever before. But... It's hard to know when it comes, when it, that game's going to come for yeah. for uh, Jeff, but um, he he does have it in his locker, and I think the 49ers, it's just another weapon that can hurt you. Like you know, Debo obviously like he was in this week, but the week before he's a bit banged up, and then you know they can go to IE. McCaffrey is every week, regardless um, when they roll out their backup running back. So there's so many weapons. It's just another direction that Shanahan can take the off offense in and, and kind of like hurt teams, and I think. I mean, we've said it a couple of times, and probably for a, a good while now, they just look like such a machine, um, and they're massively impressive. And I mean, it's early days still, you know. Well, we just yeah. over a quarter of the way through this, this, the regular season, but 
they do look really, really tasty uh, in terms of making a, a real strong run of it. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before on previous episodes that I am in on the Niners this season. It, emotionally, uh, I, I'm fully invested. So uh, seeing them absolutely batter the Cowboys like that just gave me such a massive amount of confidence because the games they'd won before, they were great, but beating an opponent like the Cowboys in such um, in such a fashion and, and so comfortably as well, just methodically ripped mm. them to bits um was was really really great to see and it's still got a tough run in and eagles look good but you look at the nfc and it's like other than the eagles who the heck's going to stop them yeah yeah it feels that way at the moment and i think um it, it felt like they were getting getting there last year didn't it um but but this year a few more things are clicking they've got a full year of a fully fit you know touchwood mccaffrey um in that system you know he came over sort of halfway through last year or whenever it was and um, yeah, they're going to take some stopping for sure. Yeah, I should mention from an IDP perspective, uh, Val would love us to talk about uh, Fred Warner, who had his third biggest fantasy score of his career. He was an absolute menace in this game. He had an interception and a forced fumble and a whole bunch of tackles. He was uh, the best linebacker on the pitch, which is something uh, impressive to say when Micah Parsons is on the other side of the field. So um, love, love me some Fred Warner. Right. Um, yeah. How are we settling into IDPs then? Like five week, five weeks in. Yeah, it's, it's certainly obviously given a big boost in the scoring. I think at the moment it's um, it's hard to determine who the kind of elite players are. There's a few out there that you go, well, every week you want Micah Parsons or you want, you know, this season TJ Watt's been absolutely uh, on fire for Kyle. Um, but it's a little bit hard to predict, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the big names, had a slow start, but then got 77 points <laughs> in week four or five. So you, could, you couldn't have a game like that around the corner. But um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out. And if, you know, when it all sh- shakes down, that if we feel they've made a real difference or if the, you know, the standard skill players are actually what wins through for us. So um, yeah. uh, it'd be interesting as the season progresses and everyone sort of learns a bit about it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, moving on, um, the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Um, absolutely love to see them back on form this week. Um, what were your thoughts on Burrow and Chase this week? Equally pleased to see them back on form. And I think um, it's, I guess, something that's difficult to do sometimes. It's difficult to not react emotionally in, in fantasy football. But I think you need to, and this is a lesson of, of trust in your talent, um, and, and sticking with your talent in terms of the, the the players on your roster because there's no doubt the talent that exists with Burrow and, and Chase, you know, I think that's fairly undeniable now they've proved it over a, a period of time and he was clearly banged up, right, Burrow going into the opening of the season, he wasn't right um, and I don't think that's making excuses, I think he wasn't quite quite where he needed to be yeah. Um they were playing the cards, the plucky cards, as we've, um, you know, branded them, um, who stay in games or tend to hang around, but but still, you know, did that have a factor? Maybe that was a nice game for them to come along and, and get the cards and, and get right. Um, and, I, you know, did it have anything to do with Jamar's output, uh, you know, out, outburst? Jamar, I'm always fucking open, Chase. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know, but he, he, he's won it. I've seen he's won AFC Offensive Player of the Week, 15 catches, which was a franchise record. Um, and yeah, they do, when they click right, they look good. And and I think, you know, a few people have been quick to remind everyone that they started last year, two and three as well. And then they went on a hell of a of a run as well in the in the middle part of the season. So with the Steelers taking a win off the, the Ravens and, you know, the Browns, are, I think, are two and three as well. You know, that division... It's, it's no one's blowing anyone away at the moment, so they're they're still well in the race. Yeah, absolutely. I it, he Burrow particularly looked um, much fitter. He could move and he could throw the ball deep. And I think you know when when you haven't got a calf muscle that's reliable to play on, you lose that. How fit he is, we will find out in um, the coming games because in the next six games they've got Seattle, San Francisco, Buffalo, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. That is a murderer's row of tough yeah. opponents. So if they can it's come tough, out... It's a tough place. Yeah, if they can come out of that with three wins, um, then 
you know they're, they're putting themselves in a really great position to still win the AFC North. But if he if he struggles a bit and gets beat up during those games, then um then the Bengals might be in a bit of trouble because it's very hard once you start from a losing position like they do. But you know they're they're just so much fun to watch, aren't they? Yeah, for for sure. And I think um you made a point there. He looked fitter as well. I think it's the first time he's completed over. 27 passes I think he completed 36 37 passes um so his completion rate was well up obviously 15 of them going to chase as well but um you want to see it you want to see the big the big names you know click in fantasy right it's it's who we all invest the the time in the the love in and and the first, you know the early picks on um and and you want to see it it come right um except when you're facing off against them obviously <laughs> yeah absolutely um so we mentioned Baker earlier. Obviously, he was in LA for the game this weekend, uh, and he saw the return of Cooper Cup, who, uh, after having two hamstring injuries over the summer, um, obviously took some time off, went to see a specialist, and I was kind of expecting him to have a slightly slow return back into the game, maybe have limited snaps. No, straight back in, eight eight catches for 118 yards, no touchdowns, but you know, eight eight catches for 118 on his return. Um, he he looked like Cooper Cup has looked for the last two or three seasons. Uh, it's great to see. Yeah, he looked uh, great straight off the bat. Um, and I saw, I think I I saw some clips on on Twitter as well during the week when he was doing drills. He's running drills with Puka, who's been obviously great. Uh, and he just <laughs> he made like Puka look like a you know like a, a college kid kind of thing. Like when he was doing the doing the drills. But um, I think it's really interesting. You, you kind of. I know different players, different teams, different circumstances, but you kind of you, you run a parallel with like how Cooper came back in into the Rams and kind of hit the ground running, picked up where he left off, and then you got Jonathan Taylor coming back into the Colts, and you know yeah. it wasn't really used, looked rusty, um, you know, different situation. So I think Arrow's pointing up for for Cooper and. Um, you know, it's good because a lot of people were invested high draft picks on him despite the injury, right? In especially in redraft leagues, you know, he was still going in the first round, clearly. And I think it's it's exciting now that people start to get a payback. If people have been able to hang in there in redraft leagues when they put their first pick in in early on him, then you know they're quite well pl- placed now moving forwards. Um, now they're getting back. And Stafford's look great as well, right? They they've been a good yeah. their offense has been a pleasant surprise. I think they were written off so heavily in the off season. And they've come out of the gate and they've they've looked like competitive as well. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. McVeigh's obviously an offensive genius and has changed that offense slightly. And, um, you know, Puka kind of coming out of nowhere has, has really helped him and it, it became a great stopgap. But it was good to see that he wasn't a complete afterthought with Cup coming back. He still had um, 71 yards and a touchdown on 13 targets, I think it was, or something like that. So... He um he obviously played really really well and in in our redraft league I've got both of them because I picked up Puka on um uh, on waivers about uh, in that slightly tricky situation of do I play both of them that's that's a sort of weird approach to your two wide receivers in a in a fantasy league isn't it but you know a nice problem to have I guess um someone that you highlighted this week and, and, a, and a favorite of yours. And we talked about him last time you were on the pod, I think uh, your guy, Brees Hall, a uh, great game this week, looked fully, fully back to fitness um, and managed to kind of help the, help the Jets to a great win this week. So um, your thoughts on Brees? We're back, baby. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I can't. Um, I don't think I can uh, come on a pod without mentioning Brees or Cam at, at some point, but uh, we are back. Um, you know, Salah came out before the game, didn't he, I think, and said we're we're not we're no longer on a you know a pitch count, um a snap count, sorry. And you know, he, he broke off that 72 yarder which looked incredible. Um clocked 21 and a half miles per hour, which is the the fifth fastest for a running back, I think, uh, fifth fastest carry in the in the league this year. So People were a bit nervous about, you know, is he fit? Can he do it? And you know, he's he's one of the bigger backs out there, right? As well, in a, yeah. in, in kind of build and you know, fifth fastest carry in the league, um, 177 yards, 22 attempts, both career highs, which was you know remarkable to see as well. Um, and I quite like the narrative as well that, um, you know, he's come full circle. He is back in Denver where 
he went down 11 months ago, you know, back full circle to where the injury happens, breaks off career highs in, in, in yards and, and carries. Um, and I think, like, he had that good start in week one um, where everyone got a bit excited, maybe a bit overexcited, and he, he's had three quiet weeks, and obviously the Jets, Jets have suffered with their, you know, you know, with the quarterback's situation. Um, but after five games, he's already got 387 rushing yards, which is sick from the NFL. And it's only on 54 carries. So he's he's averaging 7.2 a carry. Um, and that that ranks second only behind um A Chan. And uh I think you know all the signs are looking really, really promising. So um I think I'm really excited. I, I'd be really excited if he just broke off a 12-yard run, let alone a <laughs> 72 yard run. But I'm really excited. Um, me and Baker have, have um, got him in the obviously in the in the breakaway, so we're both really excited. And I think the other thing that I read when I was getting a bit carried away on the uh, on the weekend was um, he's got 179 rushing yards over expected, um, which ranks second in the league. So you know he's really making those those runs count. Um, the one I love you bringing the advanced with, metrics in here. I, I... You know, I, I, I read it. That. It's not my own research. I read it. I was like, oh, I like that. This is really anything that really um gives me some some pro brief stats. I, I'm all over it. Um, They've got the Eagles up next, I think. And then he gets rested up for the bye. And then he gets a delicious slate of games. So they got Giants, Chargers, Raiders. Um, so I think, you know, Eagles is tough. Then they go into the bye, rest him up a bit more for his, you know, continue to rehab. And then he gets uh, three delicious games there. Um. They did that lose giant, their right tackle that... for the season, but but on their O line. But I think you know he's got the talent and the uh, you know the the speed and the uh, the size to to really overcome that. That Giants game could be delightful because they uh, I think have got the worst rushing defense in the league at the moment. So he could go absolutely wild against them. Yeah, it's um it's an exciting like run of games, like I said, and. Coming off a week of rest and a week of prep as well, I think I yeah, sign me up, sign me up, inject it <laughs> to my veins. It's a good win for the Jets as well, you know. Uh, as I've said on at least three podcasts this season, always enjoy Sean Payton losing. Um, enjoyed Sean Payton losing this week because of the comments he made about Nathaniel Hackett over the over the summer. Um, so uh, another poke in the eye for Sean Payton. Um, put it, inject it directly into my arterial veins love it yeah i that was a funny one wasn't it it's like um he took the job on at denver and then like it's like he got there and he was like oh shit i did not really realize that i could not turn this around and he's just he's looking for an out um and he, he's he's kind of laying the blame at, at previous coach, head coach but it it feels like a real cheap shot like yeah. a real muggy thing to do but um yeah nobody you really want on the um on the Denver um, offenses there, apart from maybe the quarterback for fantasy. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, mate. My guy. Picked him up this week. <laughs> nice, yeah. Right. He, right. he took a big one to the house, didn't he? Like, yeah. Is it a 20, 30 yard, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he looks nice. decent. Nice Sean Payton seems to really like him. So, weird, weird one. Um, talking of running backs, uh, and you mentioned Jonathan Taylor early on this week. Really big week for Zach Moss. Uh, in the week that Jonathan Taylor came back, kind of weird time for Zach Moss to go off uh, 23 for 165. Um, is I think it was his best, the best game of his career, which is you know not maybe not saying that much because Zach Moss has been pretty terrible. Um, but uh, you know he looks like he's someone who could hold a bit of long term value despite the fact they've obviously now put uh, a decent deal on, on JT. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens there. You talked about JT looking rusty, he really did six carries for 18 yards is, um, you know, in the Trent Richards zone. Um, and yes, he's coming back from his first game of the season, but um, I'll be interested. I'll be keeping an eye on that as to whether they maybe split carries or end up with a 60, 40 share or something like that. It was a good win for them as yeah, well over the Titans. Yeah, it really was. There's not many backfields that, um, you know, have got one running back now, right? There's a lot of committee approach. I mean, injuries play such a big part anyway. You know, a lot of, a lot of tread on the tyres type thing. But 
uh, yeah, I can't think of too many backfields where someone's got it really locked down aside from injury. I suppose, you know, Chubb, unfortunately, the injury, maybe Jacobs, it, 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 the Raiders gets all the work. Um, McCaffrey. I'm trying to think where else. McCaffrey gets the majority, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, will, will they, will they, rec- not recognise, but will they respect the job that Moss has done year to date and then kind of, you know, work him in, or will they like we've just paid JT? He's a pain in the ass. Let's let's roll him out. It'd be interesting to see how that unfolds. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But good week for Zach Moss. We enjoyed seeing that. Um, I got a couple couple more on my list. And um, did you get any chance to watch the Jags Bills game on Sunday afternoon? I caught um bits of it, and every time I did, uh, <laughs> the Bills defense were on the field. I was like, what the what the hell is going on here? Um, yeah, so yeah, my the big takeaway was the Bills shut the bed a bit, but I, yeah, yeah, I didn't really get too much uh, of the the full game. Yeah, it was it was a really good game actually. Like I've been heavily critical of the Jags over the years, mostly because um, I had to go, or not had to, I chose to go to quite a few of those London games where the Jags played, and which is they're just terrible for years and years and years, and it really annoyed me that a team can continue to put out that level of like not even mediocrity, but just terrible um, product year after year after year, and never get any better in the NFL. It seems almost like impossible. But now they finally seem like they're they're getting there. And, you know, Trev does have his ups and downs, but he was really, really good this week. Um, you know, you look at his and, and Josh Allen's stats, they pretty much went toe-to-toe. And it was really um, the running game that let the Bills down because um, Travis Etienne had a f- fantastic game for the Jags, 184 combined yards and two touchdowns. And you look at the Bills' running game, we just mentioned Zach Moss, who'd obviously come from Buffalo. And they're just their run game was just awful. They never got anything going. I, I think um, Josh Allen was their leading rusher with like 23 yards. So if you don't get that going and your your opponents are running for nearly 200 yards, the ball control issue is going to, is going to weigh you down. And, and I wonder whether Doug Peterson looked at it and went, right, the bills are going to be a little bit shaky coming off the plane on Friday. They're going to be tired. Let's just control the ball and wear them down and, and get the win. And really impressive win for the Jags. Okay, so the last thing I had, and I'd almost completely forgotten about this because it happened on Thursday night, but I think you could probably get out of this week without talking about the incredible performances that Justin Fields and DJ Moore put up together uh, on Thursday night. All right, it was against the Commanders, um, and I've been pretty critical of Fields, but 47 fantasy points off of four passing touchdowns, which is notable for him who has really struggled with his passing, and then DJ Moore. 230 yards and three touchdowns. I woke up to see uh, to see you had started him against me in our redraft league, and uh, I was basically dead from Friday morning onwards. So, um, incredible performances by those two. Yeah, this is not a, a redraft league podcast, but uh, to all the listeners, I am smiling with glee. Um, I think you're not the only one who'd written fields off, right? There's so many question marks over him. Like, will will the Bears continue with him post this year? I mean, that's still up for debate, but at least he showed a bit of life. Um, and I think the passing touchdowns were a real. They were a bit of a monkey off his back, you know. They're saying like, you know, he had to he had to kind of go through the air and kind of get some of that uh, that passing offense moving. So I think like. Yes, it was the Commanders. Yes, uh, uh, you can argue about the the you know the offense that you're facing, etc. But um, it's promising. And and DJ Moore, DJ Moore has been sneaky good before that explosion, right? Yeah. He'd been connecting on a few passes, a couple of touchdowns, and and he's he's starting to carry a bit of momentum. So I mean that catapulted him. I think he's like wide receiver four on the year now, or maybe even three really catapulted him, obviously, but he was already starting to to heat up a little bit to coin an NBA jam uh, <laughs> phrase. So um, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at their schedule. I don't know where they go next. I, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, Fields re- all, will always remain relevant for fantasy because of his floor, you know, yeah. his, his rushing floor. But in real-life football, it would be interesting to see where the Bears kind of mark him at the end of the season and, and how they move forward as an organisation. Yeah, well, things you love to see this week, 47 points if you wake up 
uh, with Justin Fields uh, or 44 points if you wake up with DJ Moore. So, you know, as a fantasy owner, just a delight to wake up to that on a Friday because you almost certainly didn't stay up to watch it. If you're in the UK, that is, of course. Uh, so moving on, unless you've got anything else to add to the things you love to see, mate. No, no, that's no. Um, that's all good. Um, I think, uh, like I said, in a week where I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of football, uh, it's good to uh, draw the attention to it, to all these cool things. So let's move on to the next segment. Uh, the lovely segment of it's the hope that kills you. And uh, this week it was largely injuries. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, kind of starting uh, starting with the, the biggest injury of them all in terms of, I guess, fantasy football. Um, our guy, Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in football, hamstring injury currently on IR. And that means he's out until week 10. One of your favorite players, mm. I know. I know, yeah, I mean, I didn't get the opportunity this year to draft him in too many places at all. Um, but yeah, I love everything about him. And we talked about it earlier with like Burrow and Chase. You want to see the big players delivering and a little bit like on Brees. You know, it's these guys that pay you money to watch, Watch, right? You want to see these elite talents. And he was, I don't know, he's about three or four games where he's got about 145, 150 yards. So he's he's lighting the place up. He's making Kirk Cousins look like a serviceable quarterback. Um, <laughs> he's just absolutely elite. Um, and a hamstring, I mean, I know he's gone on IR, so he said that about week 10, but um, you hope that you hope that it can just uh, it can just about get itself right by by the end of that that four five week period. But um I hate it when the best players get injured um, for prolonged periods of time, but it happens every year. It happens to all of us. And like in fantasy, you're like cursing the fantasy gods. But um, we were talking about Brees, who we had on our roster last year, went down. Um, it sucks. And you've got to pivot. You've got to be able to see what options are out there, go to the waiver wire, maybe do a trade, which I know we're a bit reluctant to do sometimes in this league, but maybe, maybe trade your way out of these sort of situations. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with, the Vikings and the other fantasy relevant pieces, because obviously Kurt takes a step down, which I'm gutted about because he was he was our number one QB. He was um, <laughs> he's going to take a step back because, like I said, JJ was catching absolutely everything. Um, any Hawkinson owners will be delighted, I'm sure, because he'll get a notch up, pick up some of his targets, and then you got the rookie Jordan Addison, haven't you? He's looked good yeah. in flashes, as you expect from a rookie, but not been consistent yet. You know, can he? Can he step up a little bit more? It'd be um be interesting to see what shakes down on on the Vikings. That's such a bad start. Um, you know, that's the other worry, right? That their their bad start, if they continue to play badly and, and lose matches in the next four games, if he's not quite right, they're not gonna rush him back, surely. Um, no, you wouldn't have thought so, would you? Um I know the hamstring specialist that Cooper Cup went to see is from Minnesota, so I presume they'll be sending Jefferson to the same guy, given a good. Cut that is looks. great insider knowledge. There the hamstring specialist—that's how much you love Cooper Cup. You know where the hamstring specialist is, and cheeky little Valen. I mean, it's probably our first little shout out of the other league members. Um, this pod—we've been really football focused, which is you know nice to nice to hear. But Valen dangled the bait out there this week, didn't he? He, he did. Jay, he put him on the trade block. I bit hard. I was, I was, my eyes lit up, and I was like, "I've got to be quick off the draw because Kyle is normally in there with a split." Set. I swear, Kyle, Kyle doesn't sleep. Like someone goes on the trade block, and there's like five or six offers going in from Kyle. I don't but, think he um, does either, because often we'll be sending messages at like eight AM UK time, and he's replying. I'm like, "What? Like it's three AM yeah. in Canada, mate? What's going on?" Yeah, that. Yeah, we need to maybe figure out that guy's sleep pattern. I'm not quite sure, but. I bit hard on that 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 trade one. Um, I was straight into his DMs. I thought, is my chance while Baker's away, while the captain's not here, um, in a different time zone, I could get a trade through. Uh, but yeah, cheeky Val was just uh, just joshing with us. Well, Kyle did message me about it and said, uh, "Is uh, some shivaligans, um going on with with him?" Because uh, he was obviously in for him as well, and I would have been if I could have got my acting gear. But by the time he'd by the time I got round to looking at an offer, he'd already said it was a joke. So um, don't jungle Justin Jefferson out there as a joke, mate. Like, don't play with the league's emotions, bro. No, no. Um, people, you know, people want dang, dangle some, dangle someone out there like Ramondre. <laughs> <laughs> 
stinker. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have seen in in a, in a couple of leagues, um, contenders actually trading away Justin Jefferson to get uh, you know another another kind of contending wide receiver because you know if, if 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 you think you're in contention and potentially Jefferson's gone five, six, seven weeks, like you. You know, you, you you've invested a lot in that guy, and you can still get a good return for him. But um, so I thought maybe Val was was genuine, but um, yeah, when it comes to Val and the trades, we all know that's not going to happen. So, and and you said the word contender in there, so that's true. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> I can say that uh, sitting pretty from nine and one, um, which which is a remarkable, uh, surprising, unusual place for me to be. I can just just clarify. Yeah. Oh, it's really good, mate. Um, sticking with the injury bug, um, and a guy I know you love and I love as well, Anthony Richardson. Just sad to see, uh, you know, so young into his career, his third injury already. This one looks like a shoulder AC joint sprain. Um, so, and there's they don't appear to be talking about a timeline for him to return to football, but he's not going to be playing this week. Um, and if he keeps taking hits. Um, then uh, it might be a it might be a short career. He's got to find a way of um, protecting himself, and the Colts have obviously got to do a better job on the line. It was a bit of an innocuous one, but um, it, it's it's just worrying with a player so exciting that he's 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 had three injuries already, and uh, you know he's, he he missed week three, did he? Um, and now he's going to miss probably multiple weeks with this injury. It just sucks. Yeah, really bad luck for someone who's who's started and particularly for fantasy, but but also in football, right? He's he's looked he's looked pretty good. I think um the team feel it feels like that that Colts team are quite motivated and and a bit like the Texans as well. They've got the new quarterback coming in. It's it's like, you know, we're not gonna lie down, um, we're gonna give it a shot. Um I think it'll be interesting again on a fantasy perspective. To see what happens to to the other pieces in the Colts, yeah, um, you know, what does it do for you know? Can they move the football enough to get to get the uh, the run game involved? Does it? Is it? Some people have been talking about it, potentially even a step up for Pittman um, with Minshew coming in, which is quite remarkable. But I guess that's maybe due to little dump offs here and there from from Minshew. But be interesting to see how it impacts the rest of the fantasy outlook for the Colts. There's a bit of a cult around Gardner Minshew, I think, um, in in terms of people thinking. Oh, so you think it's good PR? Yeah, I think he's got great PR because he's got good moustache and hair and stuff like that. Yeah, he's been fine, but I don't. I, do I wouldn't be sat there going. If, if it was a cult, you know. If it was a cult, you know, he'd be leading it. Carl Knight, I reckon. Uh, oh, yeah, he'd be definitely. like the Garden Minshew. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so not this one's not purely injury injury related, although he's definitely carrying an injury. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, and I guess. Not just Ramondre, but the entire Patriots outfit. Um, terrible, frankly, performances. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want a single piece of Patriots um, fantasy uh, capital in my lineup, would you? No, I don't think so. I mean, not looked, not looked great, have they? Um, tough schedule, I think. Like, not making excuses, but... Ramondre's had a tough schedule um, in the first five matchups. And if you don't get the creases from the O-line, like, you know, it's pretty hard to get in those one-on-one situations, break tackles. I think like there's a little bit of that going on as well. Um, yeah, it's it's really uh, looking quite down on, on Ramondre at the moment. I think, like, he's currently running back 26 in our league. He, was dra- he would have been in redrafts. He would drafted a lot higher than that, probably, like, running back... 10 or 12 maybe off the ball or something You'll like see. that. Um yeah, easily. And and I think the other the other bit that is probably a bit of a watch out or warning is he had six targets in week one and he can catch the football, right? We know he can do that, but that is diminished as it's as it gone through the weeks. And they've been in even in negative game scripts, like he's not getting the targets and not catching the football. Um for our, yeah. you know, multitude of listeners across the globe, you know, I think he's a buy low candidate. Potentially, like um, you know, there's no point saying on this pod because you can't trade with Valen. Um, but like a buy low offer, if anyone was listening that needed a tight end, might be Cole Komet plus six fab for Ramondre. Might work. <laughs> I don't know. Just saying. There's no um, way Valen to do a deal like that. He wants two first, the blood of your of your firstborn child, and a potential future kidney transplant. 
and six fab. And while we're on people who don't trade, and not that I do do them ten a penny, by the way, (laughs) making it sound like I'm some sort of trade baron, is um, I think I need to call out Steve. He's like, like I know he's the Invisible Man, but like, has he ever done a trade in any league he's ever been in? Yeah, he traded with me last season. He's never stopped moaning about it. All right, well that shut me up at least. So, so well done, Steve, on that, that one trade. Maybe that, maybe that's why he doesn't do any more trades because you, you fleeced him on that one. Um, He's convinced I Ramon... manipulated him via the podcast. Ooh, so now yeah. the opportunity, Steve. You don't trade with anyone. Um, but yeah, back to very to, to I guess summarize on Ramondre, um, a volume back on a bad team. So. The upside is is and the touchdown potential is just so limited now. So I think that's the problem with him. It's it's, it's kind of gone from the early hope of the season. Yeah, I think the only thing I will say about Ramondre, in addition to that, is to say that he is below the Trent Richards zone. It's a bad place to be. <laughs> um, someone who is well above the Trent Richards zone, or who certainly was pre-injury, is Devon A Chain or. A- a-chan, I think they're referring to him now. Uh, doesn't sound as cool, so I'm going with A-chan. Uh, obviously, absolutely gutted after um, cooing about him a few weeks ago, about how I had him in like five or six dynasty leagues. He's now injured um, and looks like a multiple-week knee injury. Not season-ending by all accounts, um, but he has been an absolute monster this season. Um, and uh, he was brilliant in this game again, but then sort of, just disappeared with a knee injury and now we don't know when he's going to be back and if he comes back as dynamic as he as he is now. So real shame. Things you don't yeah, like it's, to it's, see. No, things you don't like to see. And this is a classic, it's the hope that kills you. It gives you two to three weeks of excitement and think like I've I've got a league winner out of nowhere here out of the tenth round or you know off a, a second round kind of um uh, rookie draft and and then and then the injury sort of slaps you back into place. I think the the positives for him is that he's proven it now what he can do. So I think you know he, that carries a lot of favour for when he does get fit. Um, the offense he works in is is high powered, and they move the ball, they score a lot of points, um, and <laughs> he's working in a running back room that is not known for being the healthiest. So <laughs> so he might get his opportunities to come back around pretty quickly. I, I mean I know Jeff Jeff's uh, about to come back off IR. Yeah. Um, but you know, most of its in- next injuries only around the corner. So um, my name is Jeff. Yeah. It is a shame though, because he did. He, he looked great, right? And the Dolphins look great as well. They're, I mean, they're fun. To, they're probably one of the most fun teams to to watch in terms of you know, you know, moving the ball around, spreading it around. Yeah, big arrow up for Raheem Mostert if he can stay fit. Um, he's already been quite good this season, but with that uh, enhanced opportunity, I expect him to to do well, and and Jeff Wilson will mix in a little bit. Um, last one I had on the injury list and and the hope being the thing that kills you um, and, and the only real bright light out of Arizona uh, is, is James Connor, who's been really, really good this season. And, and now he, too, is injured. Um, there was a, some scrambling on the waiver wire uh, with Kyle picking up Demacado someone or other, uh, or, or that might be his surname. Yeah. I've never li- literally never heard of him. So. I didn't put in a waiver bid. And then I think Jack Rawlins picked up Keontae Ingram, who um, I believe is technically a bag of shit. Yeah, it, it, a bag of shit that might get worked in once he's fit. But, you know, fair play, Jack Rawlins. Um, at least that team is starting to show some life. And I think, you know, finally we've got, you know, a bit of competition for for places there with them going one and three out of the last uh, the last four points available. So, yeah, yeah, definitely took it took the roster over in a bad situation. Has managed managed it well since he took over. So, yeah, good for him. Any other any other kind of low lights for you for this week? Uh, just the the Bucks being on by. You know, it's like yeah, we, we we Baker's rolling, isn't he? Um, sneaky good. Um, written off in the NFC South. Um, yeah. You know, we come back off that bye, and um, I said before the season, I know I have never been a, a Baker Mayfield fan. I said to you before the season, he get he gets replaced at the bye by Kyle Trask. Now that clearly isn't happening because Baker's been good, like really good. Has shown some 
some real toughness um, has, has played to his strengths. Like, and I, I think that some of that comes down to the offensive coordination. They've taken what he does well, um, a lot of boot action, a lot of play action passing, getting the ball, high pointing it to, to Mike Evans. I, I think Mayfield's been um, been really, really good. I like the uh, the humility there, Spike. Um, and if we're if we're doing that, I should we'll equally fess up to. I think I said that uh, Brock Purdy would be would be out and replaced by Sam Darnold before Baker is replaced <laughs> by Trash. So, so we're both. You wrong. might still be uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're both we're both uh, look silly on our quarterback predictions as it stands. Um, but yeah, let's let's see how that plays out. But yes, looking forward to the Bucks coming back uh, next week. Yeah, absolutely. So we should touch in then on uh, the scores this week. And and I think a brief look at the standings after we've done that as well, now that we are five weeks into the season. So um, first matchup, myself versus Ed, uh, another crushing loss for me and my my team of absolute no-hopers uh, this season. I lost 180 uh, to 191. Um, it was a pretty terrible matchup and I don't really need to... Uh, particularly call out any highlights although as always we will call out the bagels um ed got a devon singletree bagel and i think we pointed out at the start of this season that devon singletree was his second best running back so not a good sign for ed but this was a, a real cellar dweller matchup between me and ed and uh frankly the less said about it the better to be perfectly honest um moving on as, then as I could before we do move up though you know is is ed just given up on fantasy in week five just just generally speaking I think I, so. I, I, yeah, I mean, Ed, if you're out there, you know, reach out. Um, he's been on the podcast, which is, was electrifying, and and I really valued that. Um, but in terms of the fantasy, it's, it's like he's uh, he's kind of just checked out already. Yeah, he's he's gone to ground. That's not like Ed, is it? He's usually uh, at least trying to cause some mayhem. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe fantasy's not his bag this season. Too interested in. Uh, in uh, the EA slugs on uh, on on FIFA. So. How was he at that, by the way? Any good? Uh, you know, reports vary. Um, I think the term that quite mixed often gets reviews. thrown around is is a mixed bag. Yeah, mixed <laughs> reviews. Classic. <laughs> um, next matchup then was uh, Jack Rawlins versus Kyle. Kyle continues to absolute roll, absolutely roll through this league. Uh, two hundred and five to two hundred and twenty-seven. Um, unlucky from Jack, you know, team put up a good score and he, he got the, the Jackie B bonus. So nice to see that, uh, for him, you know, a couple of weeks into team ownership, but, um, yeah, I mean, hard to see anything to stop Kyle, except maybe, uh, yours and Baker's, uh, team this season. I mean, at the moment, Kyle looks like a, a juggernaut, but I mean, it's really refreshing. The third highest score from, from Jack there. Um, it's, it's amazing to see some new life, uh, injected into this team. And I think the yeah. change of direction and leadership is is worked wonders. So I mean, you know, it's it's tough coming up against Juggernaut that is Carl. We we've got him this week. Uh, not looking forward to it to be honest. I don't know how he's projected something like two hundred and fifty points, but but yeah, like I said, really unfortunate that that Jack had to face him there and and came up with the third highest score and was on the of the league and was on the losing side of it. So you know, a lot of credit is going into what's happening in in that team over there with Jack. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kyle ten and so far this season. So, yeah, um, well played, what, Kyle. What about your matchup, the Ballings duo versus Steve? Uh, a, a close matchup, but uh, another one that you prevailed in, uh, one hundred ninety-two to two hundred. Yeah, a sneaky win. Sorry, Steve. It was. It was. We were always projected behind. I know. I know. People say the sleeper projections are rubbish, but we were constantly on the back foot. He had fields. He had Travis Etienne in the the London game, so he 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 raced up the blocks and and went off early, and we just we chipped away at it, um, and and we we hung in there, and all of a sudden George Pickens catches a big one, and we're like, oh, here we go, um, and Brees, you know, we talked about him earlier, but Brees really brought it home for us. Um, <laughs> it helps when your opponent starts uh, two players with negative points and someone with a bagel. Whoop, bagel alert! Um, so, so that really helped us. So, thanks for that, Steve. Um, but it came down to to the last game, um, the Raiders versus versus the Packers. We had Aaron Jones. We had no pivot. We knew he was a risky kind of inclusion. 
Um, he had Josh Jacobs, who had a decent game, but I think I think we went in with like a something like a, a 20, 30 point lead, and, and Jacobs couldn't quite put it around for him. And obviously Jones didn't didn't end up suiting up. So we snuck it um to, to, to go nine and one, which like I said, if you'd have said that at the start of the season, we'd have bitten everyone's hand off it, about it. And you know, I don't think we've been too insufferable yet. If you think we've been insufferable so far, you ain't seen nothing yet because, you know, <laughs> this is going to ratchet up as the season moves on. Um, as, so, it, yeah. as it should do, mate. As it should do. As, as it should do. Yeah. But good good win, good win. Like you said, the double negative and a bagel has got to be some sort of league record. I will uh, confirm back next week. Um, remarkable. Last matchup then, Valen versus Franco. Uh, 221-176 win for Valen. Uh, he had DJ Moore uh, and um, his his big old 44 points. And uh, on the opposite side of that, Franco had Darnell Mooney, the other uh, wide receiver in Chicago, and he put up a big fat bagel. So um, that swing in and of itself was kind of indicative of where this matchup was, was, was headed. And... Um, you know, Valen continues to to put together a good season um, uh, at, at this point in the season. Anyway, he's currently five and five, third place. Has put up a lot of points. Um, we all expect to see it crumble, though, right? We do, and um, you know, we uh, many a time have mentioned his running back stable, which which is elite. But you know, I think he's got Ramondre, as we talked about earlier. He's got Najee. Um, so I think it'd be relieved to see Eckler coming back to fitness and hopefully Saquon soon as well, because I think it needs to to bring that depth in uh, and really, really use them to sustain it. Um, I think we should applaud it, right? No one expected Val to be here, and, and here we are. I'm a little bit worried for Franco. Um, she's had a couple of wild, not wild, that's a bit unfair. There's a couple of trades he's put through, which I like, you know, move, move things, shake things up. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's... I don't know if it's worried the right word. It's just, you know, when, um, I don't know, you know, Man United, you used to see him at the top, but but then they have a rocky year and it's just a shock to see the, see the uh, champ, 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 like two and eight. So it, it's just a, a bit of a surprise to see him in this predicament. Uh, maybe he'll, he'll turn it around in the, the year to go, but I've said year to go twice. You can tell I've been un- working too hard this week. Bloody hell, give me that business bullshit bingo. I've been like... <laughs> Years ago, oh god, yeah, chasing that Yankee dollar. Anyway, well, Franco, buck up your idea, son. Well, yeah, I mean, we mentioned the standings at the start. There are three teams kind of separated at the bottom, right? So Ed in sixth place on four and six, Franco in seventh place on two and eight, and me in eighth place on on one and nine. And none of us have scored over nine hundred points in total this season. We're all in the kind of eight hundreds, and then it 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 jumps up after that. So you've got um, the top five. Obviously, you've got Kyle, top 10 wins, no losses, 1,238 points for. That is absolutely yeah, staggering. Incredible. Then you and you and Baker on on nine and one, Valen, Steve, and uh, uh, Valen and Steve both on five and five, and then Jack Rawlins on on four and six. So those those three are kind of like bunched in together. You and Kyle separated at the top, and then and then like the three of us sub 900 crew stinking up the cellar. Yeah, there's um I I mean if you'd have asked me to pick the uh, the seller I'd have been so far off because like I said I, you know I hold you and Franco in in high regards you're usually at Champions League places so um yeah the the ta- the league tables upside down as a famous football chant goes <laughs> Valen and, and the Ballins duo mixing it up well I think your famous quote though is the league table don't lie oh well there we go. Okay. We shall see. Long way to go. Oh, my smugness is, is, is rising as this podcast <laughs> continues and I get uh, a few more sips down than my beer. Right. The last thing then we should mention in the league is the, the trade that I put through uh, with Kyle. Um, literally not long before uh, the kickoff in the in the six o'clockers. So um, I knew that my team was, was not going to compete this season. It was ready to sort of make a move ship out maybe a slightly more veteran player um and i you know kyle can't resist aj brown right i love aj brown but he was the oldest of my my decent wide receivers and i thought i could probably get a good return for him he's playing really well this season um and nico collins a bit of an emerging star in my opinion so we we put together a couple of little offers between ourselves and we ended up with um 
me giving AJ Brown and Javante Williams, uh, not Javante Williams. Um, I, I got Javante Williams back. That's why I'm getting Jameson. confused here. Jameson yeah, Williams. Jameson, uh, um, yeah. Gave him up to Kyle. And in return, I got Nico Collins, Javante Williams, a 2024 first and the all-important six fab. Um, so thoughts on the trade? Uh, I th- I think it works for both teams. Uh, like I would describe Carl's clearly going for a back to back, and and like you bring AJ Brown in, also a homer for him as well. It's, that's a nice touch. Um, I think you come out of it, you know, fairly balanced. You know, first round pick. Um, the only challenge, I guess, maybe maybe it's not such a big deal in an eight teamer, but you know, he's he's going to be top two probably. So it's it's a yeah. set, it's pick seven or pick eight. So so it's not. Not an elite, elite first round, but still good in what's, um, I guess, starting to be talked about as a really strong draft class next year. And then the Javante piece is interesting because before his career has kind of been wrecked by injuries, he was held in such high regard. So the potential is there. And I think people are clinging on to the that that he'll he'll get there or he'll be able to contribute. But He's been so unlucky with injuries. I just think that's a big unknown. But I mean, fair play, you've rolled the dice on that, and um, it could work out. Um, well, I've got Jale- I picked good. up Jaleel McLaughlin. So, as Kyle said to me, well, in Javante, you've now got Jaleel's handcuff, which is is a bit of a fall from grace for him. But um, yeah, I'll see it that God, way. He can even trade really well. God, he's even sweet talking <laughs> the trades. What what can that guy not do in fantasy? God, Sleep, I, apparently. I think I'm fanboying Kyle. To him, like, gosh. Usually my job, mate. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that I mean, that's it. That's all I had on my list for this week. Um, anything from you? No, I think like we said, um, obviously we we had a bit of a hiatus last week. Um, busy busy lives interfering with football and podcasting. Um, we're back this week. It's important to get the content out. Might not have had the uh, the prep time or the, uh, the some of the unique uh, slots, but hopefully we've given a good insight into to where the league's at and and where fantasy's at. Um, and yeah, next week let's let's keep it rolling. Let's get let's get that get guest penciled in early next week. Who's it going to be? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, let, let's hopefully get someone on who hasn't been on. You know, somebody who's willing to willing to give up a bit of time and do maybe a different feature. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, because I'll be taking a week off in a few weeks. I'm away for half term, so I, I don't intend to uh, podcast record from the South Coast. So Very nice indeed. And um, yeah, long may the smugness continue. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we will see you all next week. Until then, let's ride.